0: go to everydaynovelist.com slash support to join the madness. (laughs) Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Today we have a grab bag of different feedback from many of you. They were all wonderful, but they were all short. So we're doing a compilation episode with four bits of feedback, all in one go. To lead off today, I want to dive in the deep end with a short, but kind of important bit of feedback, both for the feedbacker and for me, for very different reasons. So, uh... Here we go. Today we hear from Kel, who has feedback on an episode where I recommended Anne Lamont's Bird by Bird. She says, Anne Lamont is
1: incredibly bigoted against fat people and has more than a few dangerous ideas about food and eating. They permeate the bird book. Any mention of it should include a warning for anyone who is a fat person, with any self-respect anyway, and anyone who is in recovery from an eating disorder. The whole book is just saturated with deeply destructive and disordered thinking.
0: Uh, Anne Lamott is a a hippie out of the 1970s, and you would kind of expect that kind of thing. Um, I grew up surrounded by these people as a fat person. So um, I don't offer trigger warnings on anything that I recommend because everybody is different and... You are all adults and perfectly capable of policing your own ideological space. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sending the feedback in, but it's not going to induce me to include trigger warnings. But uh, I'm glad you're listening and that it's enough to provoke you to a response, and we're happy to hear from you. From time to time on this podcast, we've talked about ergonomics and the unique problems that sitting at a keyboard for hours on end writing poses for writers, especially writers who also work at a job that requires computer work. Most recently, earlier this fall, we had an episode, I think it was this fall, it may have been this summer, we had an episode where we dealt uh, with uh, different exercises that you can do to stretch yourself out, to help delay the onset or maybe prevent the onset of carpal tunnel and other repetitive stress injuries. And in that spirit, we have feedback from Nicole, who says,
1: I found this yoga for writers video. And thought it might be useful for your listeners, and we will provide the link in the show
0: notes. So, there you go, yoga for writers video link in the show notes.
1: And um, if the if you play this video, chances are you will get twenty seven hundred other uh, yoga videos <laughs> in your
0: recommendations immediately. Great, right, because the YouTube algorithm. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Nicole. And we'll see you tomorrow. All right. Well, thank you, Nicole. Next up, we have feedback from Rose on the episode we did on formatting your text message conversations in your books. Rose says,
1: Thanks for your answer. Your CSS suggestion led me to an iOS-style chat message bubbles over on CSS Deck. And she includes a link that... Um, That we will include in our show notes.
0: Fantastic. I'm so glad it paid off, Rose, and uh, the rest of the audience will benefit from your research as well. Thank you very, very much. Now, as useful as that is, that's not necessarily the whole story, which uh, we're going to find out in this next piece of feedback from Roland on dealing with things like text messages in text that is worth considering. Roland says,
1: You answered a question a while back on how to make text messages and other types of messaging look good in ebooks, and I want to share my take. I read a lot of ebooks, and while I understand the desire to make messaging look cool or unique in an ebook, a lot of times it backfires. Most ebook readers like to be able to adjust the fonts using the features of the ebook reader apps, so when authors or publishers use non-standard fonts, even embedded, it can undermine the open nature of the ebook. I've read books where the author wanted to make wanted things to look just so, and in doing so, made it impossible to enlarge the font. And mm. when I changed the font, many of their special touches no longer worked. While images or custom fonts seem like a good solution, they don't always scale well, show at the right size, or look clear when enlarged. This is especially true on older e-readers like my 10-year-old Kindle. In addition, adding images in place of text conversations will make it impossible for a screen reader or e-reading device to speak it to the blind or visually impaired. The use of dark mode on phones and e-readers also makes smaller images like text and messaging hard to see at times. If they are PNGs with transparent backgrounds, good luck. At best, with JPEGs, dark mode users will see ugly white boxes around the images because most images will be white to match the default screen. Authors want their books to be amazing, but going too fancy with ebooks goes against the nature of today's ebooks and leads to readers returning, not finishing, or leaving poor reviews of your books. Print books are where you want to make things beautiful or fancy, but EPUBs and MOBIs should be more standard.
0: That's definitely worth considering.
1: And um, Roland includes an article on the subject, which we will link to.
0: Alright, thank you very much to all, and we'll see you tomorrow.